0: One win away. One more to go. On Saturday night, it didn't feel like that, did it? One more to go. Look, Mason and I were talking on Saturday night after game four, and I said to him, do you still think they're going to win the World Series? Because I do. And he said, yeah, I do too. As calamitous as that was, it still felt like, oh, what a disaster. That was unbelievable. I can't believe it was Kenley, la, 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 la. They got it done anyway last night. I never, ever thought that they wouldn't win last night's game. And here we are one game away. Uh, You heard Joe Buck's call right there on the Max Muncy home run. Very quickly, I want to say two things. Number one, I'm one of about 10 people on earth that thinks that Joe Buck is phenomenal at his job. Not good, not great, phenomenal. But I know you all think that he sucks. Let me just say... You don't get to call the World Series and the Super Bowl and the U.S. Open and every big NFL game weekend after weekend after weekend weekend if you suck. Can we just agree on that? Okay, that's not how that works. Hey, who sucks? Joe Buck sucks. All right, give him the Super Bowl. Give him the World Series. Give him the U.S. Open. That's not how those guys make those decisions. All right, let's just put that aside. That being said, not only am I a Joe Buck apologist, but number two, Joe Buck's the first person I've seen in this postseason, whether it's a studio show, whether it's a play-by-play moment. Say definitively, hey, the Astros cheated. Not, you know, there was that weird stuff with the trash can going on back in 2017. Joe Buck said it last night when they were talking about Clayton Kershaw's legacy. They were talking about the struggles that he's had. They were talking about the fact that he had that closeout opportunity uh in Houston, four run lead, three run lead. Both of them got away from him. We know how it ended. Joe Buck didn't say, you know, you know, in retrospect, that did seem kind of weird. He said the Astros cheated. It has been proven to be true. People lost their jobs because people cheated. I wanted to run up and hug my television because he's the first person that has put it in such black and white terms. The first person that has made it clear that's what happened and said it. We know, as Dodger fans, we know. But you haven't heard too many people nationally say that. Your phone call is coming up, 877-710-ESPN. ESPN ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line, which will include Jerry Harrison coming up uh, about 25 minutes from right now. Before I go back to the phones, I want to talk about uh, Dave Roberts for half a second. Dave took some on Saturday night. Dave has taken some over the course of his managerial uh, run with the Dodgers, in particular with his use of the bullpen. And quite frankly, I think most of it is pretty fair. I think most of it is pretty accurate. His bullpen usage is the one thing I have watched him, and I'm not talking during the regular season. With regular season, he does what the math tells him to do, and you should. And, And that's not a criticism. That's just use this guy against this guy. This guy's good for this many pitches. Use that guy for that many pitches. Great. That's what you should do. In the postseason, when the eye test matters more than it does at any other point, you need to you need to kind of put the math, I don't want to say throw it in the trash, but you at least need to put it in your back pocket and have it be less important. And I don't know if he does that with the bullpen. He, he does some stuff that is really head-scratching. That being said, Dave Roberts is really good at the other part of this job. Dave Roberts is really good at the part of this job that is making sure your guys are ready to go every night. Making sure that your guys understand their role. Make sure that after something terrible happens, Saturday night, that they show up the next night and play at the best of their abilities. Dave Roberts does not get down. Dave Roberts does not make excuses. He's relentlessly positive. You need that. You absolutely need that. His guys trust him. I have no idea if they like him or not. I'm assuming that they do, but I I don't know. But I can tell you they trust him when it comes to bringing the same enthusiasm, attention, and just experience to the dugout every single night. The bullpen stuff, I have no explanation for why he does what he does. I don't know. doesn't make any sense to me at all. But as far as running his dugout and making sure his guys are good to go, that's leadership. They could have been flat as a pancake last night. They could have come out and had that entire, man, you got to be kidding me, moment. They were down 3-1 to the Atlanta Braves. That was an easy spot to roll over. Now, the players deserve a ton of credit for it as well. They need to go out there and do it. They 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 get most of the credit because they're the players. They have to do it or not do it. But Dave gets
1: credit in that too. The, the leadership that comes along with
0: that – is significant.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the main issues that we've had, that the Dodgers have had for a long time, is that the offense just didn't show up when they really needed to. So that was they have they have not been an issue in this postseason, no. and that's for sure. But when it comes to Dave Roberts, so I'm I'm not sure if you agree with this or not, but he had last night was a gigantic opportunity, or maybe not opportunity, but. That game was on him. Once Clayton Kershaw came out of that game, that game was on Dave Roberts for his decisions. If those decisions went awkward, if Victor Gonzalez didn't get that double play, or if they... Because he took him out May too fast, yeah. or if Tran, if Trent blew up, or whatever it happened to yeah. be, if, that, if they lost that game... That is two games of losses in the World Series back-to-back that would have been on Dave Robertson. Luckily, it all worked out. It
0: did. The, the Trinan one, I think, it was a pretty easy decision. i e- Even
1: if Trinan had blown
0: up, you said, wait, you want me to go Kenley again? Right. You, there, the, that was, it was either Trinan or Gratterall. Those were your only two choices at that point. Um, going back to the other stuff, though, the the, the decision to take out Clayton Kershaw, I'm just going to put it like this, and I'm going to get to your phone calls here 30 seconds away. Kershaw got two outs on two pitches okay he got two outs on two pitches in the sixth inning it you can't do any better he threw two pitches two guys were out there's nobody on base he got a two run lead and he comes out to get him that takes some you know what that take because the easy thing is to leave him in there to leave him in there said look two outs two pitches hell yes we're gonna roll this and then take him out at the end of the inning because everybody says perfect seven in- or six innings I guess it would have been six innings we're done here let's go to the bullpen Clayton Kershaw shake his hand pat him on the back let's keep it moving two outs two pitches to go get him and not just to take him out but to go get him for a guy that has absolutely struggled in the world series dustin may until last night had really really spit the bit he had not pitched well at all i'm a dustin may fan huge huge i love the guy but he had spit the bit. He had really not pitched well. And to go to him after your other guy got two pitches on two outs, that took some conviction, and I'm really glad. I'm glad it worked, number one, for the Dodgers, because I want them to win the World Series, and number two, so Dave could take a deep breath and say, okay, at least that one. You had to make two more, but that was the one that was really tricky. Uh, Let's go to Eric. Eric is on the road. Eric, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up?
2: Yeah, uh, Travis. Thanks for taking my call, man. So many people have taken my thunder here, but I, I got two things I'll say. One, I, I, my my point when I called was to say I disagree with you about Kenley, but I got to say I was stunned when Joe Buck called the Astros cheaters. I wanted to do the same thing. <laughs> I, I was. I just absolutely could have levitated right then and there. It's about time somebody said that. Yep. And I was so glad to see the Rays take their cheating behinds out. <laughs> <That> said, <laughs> me too. That said, now let me. You know, in Kenley's case, I I, I I I don't totally disagree with you, but what I will say is this: if, if, if a two-run lead, I might I might trot him out there. One run, I don't feel safe. But he did. Keep in mind, now he broke he broke a bat. I mean, there was a lot of soft contact in that you, you – I know you're a baseball player, so you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. Sure. There was a lot of soft contact, you know, in his, uh, in his appearance there, and I, 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 I just, and he had two outs, I, I, which is the reason why I say, you know, I would not be completely opposed to going with him with a two-run lead if, you know, if, if, if uh, say, a Gratterall or uh, uh, pick one other guy are not in. available. Yeah. yeah yeah are not available but but I so I, I somewhat disagree with you uh, but but not completely.
0: Yeah I, Eric, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I'm glad you liked the uh, the Joe Buck stuff too. I thought it was long overdue that we had that moment. Um, let me just respond to the Kenley thing real quick. Um, it was some there was some soft contact I agree. There was a little bit of bad luck in that Chris Taylor overran the ball. There was a little bit of bad luck in that Will Smith missed the throw. There was a little bit of bad luck and that Kenley kind of forgot just the mechanics of the play and backing it all up. That being said, it's not just how he pitched a couple of nights ago. It's how he's been pitching really all season. And he was pretty good at the beginning when he was super, super fresh after having not thrown an inning for six months, seven months, eight months. But it's not just how he pitched the other night, it's how he's been pitching. And there's been a ton of hard contact, loud contact, home run contact. Remember, go back right before the end of the regular season when they were playing that series against the Padres and he, and he kicked a five-run lead. And I'm not saying that one run determines whether you pitch or not, but it's, it, was, it was exemplary of how poorly he can pitch and how much contact is made against him. In the ninth inning, you need to be able to strike guys out. You have to be able to reach back and say, here it comes. You know it's coming. I know it's coming. And let's see what you can do with it. Kenley can't do that anymore. Kenley can't. Gratterall can. Trinan can. Aureus can. I just don't think he's that guy. It doesn't mean we might not see him. I mean, Bill Plunkett said that we might see him along the way. All right, more of your phone calls coming up in just a little bit. 877-710-ESPN. Plus, I want to get into the home runs that the Dodgers hit last night, in particular, Max Muncie. I thought that was a huge moment that kind of got lost in the shuffle. I'll explain what I mean. That is coming up next. But not before I tell you about my pal, sweet James Bergener. You've been watching the games. You've seen Sweet James on TV. You can call Sweet James 800 500 5200. If you have been hurt in an accident, if you have any questions about your rights, if you have any question about how you're dealing with the insurance company after that, call Sweet James. He's on your team, he's on your side. He's going to make sure that you get what you are entitled to. He's not looking to make it quick and easy for anybody, he's looking to make it sure that you are covered. That's everything, right? When you have somebody on your team that you know is fighting for you, that's what you're looking for, and that's Sweet James. That's why he's the People's Accident Attorneys of Southern California. 800-500-5200. You can go online, sweetjames.com. Call, go online, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Sweetjames.com. 800-500-5200.
3: 1-2, and a fastball
0: that Peterson gets a hold of. He's hit it to deep left center field, and it's gone.
1: Jock Peterson hits one out. And the Dodgers lead three to nothing already. Yeah, he throws the ball really hard. I was just looking for honestly put the ball in play. He uh, he got me uh, in game one, so uh, it was nice to be able to return the favor.
0: I bet, <laughs> I bet it was. That's got to be such an amazing feeling to be able to not not just play Major League Baseball, but that I mean, that's just those guys are different to begin with. <clears throat> But to be able to square up a 100 mile an hour fastball and, and hit a home run in the World Series, I mean, I, I th- think about whatever you know, knocking down a three-pointer in a high school baseball or basketball game, or scoring a touchdown in a flag football, Turkey bowl that you do with your buddies, feels pretty good. Imagine hitting a World Series home run. Just stupid. Here's I got a question for you. Why does anybody throw Jock Peterson a fastball? That, that just seems like some really bad advance work. <laughs> they, we hear all you know, scouting and analytics. You know, if you've got a problem, they're going to exploit it. If they if you do something really well, they're going to make sure that you don't get to do that. Well, there are two things that have happened over and over and over again. People keep throwing Jock Peterson fastballs. He keeps putting them in the seats. And number two, they keep throwing Corey Seeger a strike on the first pitch. That's a really bad idea, too. The dude Corey Seeger swings at the first pitch. I don't know if it's every time, but it's damn near every time. And, and if you throw him a strike, he is going to absolutely jump you. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Commercial insurance through Progressive protects your business and your dream. Choose from over 30 coverage options at progressivecommercials.com. Let's go back to our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed right now. And this is from Danny. And Danny writes, I'm so happy for Kershaw. Hopefully his outing yesterday is what finally helps the Dodgers mentally to get over the hump. I'm happy for him, too. But like we talked about a minute ago, I, I don't care if he's over the hump, if the team's over the hump, I want to win the World Series. And if that means that he had to pitch great, fantastic. If that means that they needed to skip him, I'm okay with that, too. I want to win the World Series. I don't want to hear, hey, we got to be careful with this guy's arm. Nope, 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 nope. Put the guys in the game that give us a chance to win the World Series. Look, Oral Hershiser was never quite the same after he went crazy in 1988. I bet he wouldn't change too much of that. I bet he wouldn't give too much of that back. Now he pitched a long time after that. He's a great pitcher, but I mean this was when he threw what? Six shutouts in a row. He was coming out of the bullpen days after he'd started. He's closing games and I mean just crazy stuff. They say, oh, hey, you know, hey, he's a kid. Let's become. Right, let's go win the World Series. We'll worry about everybody's stuff later. Let's go win the World Series, and they can do it as quickly as tomorrow night. That feels good to say, man. That feels absolutely good to say. Let's go out to Rancho Cucamonga and CJ. CJ, you're on seven ten ESPN. What's up?
4: Thank you, Travis. It is indeed a treat and an honor to talk to you, dude. I listen to you all the time. Very prospective. Stick by your words, man. Listen to you. Spitting out that knowledge on sports, man, as a treat. Thanks, CJ. Uh, to all the Dodgers fans out there, 1988, when the Dodgers eventually beat the A's, they did win game five. And, and if you look at the score, it was indicative. It wasn't even close. Now, the pitch of the, that they were not – one thing about Dave Roberts, man, he's – so far, he's been rolling the dice. And they keep coming up 7-11, man, when it comes down to his pitching staff, all right? He's going to throw Tony Gosselin in there, and I'm with him on that. Yeah, he hasn't got the experience, but when those two kids went into, I believe it was when they lost the game, uh, I think it was game four, Uh he he put Dustin May in. Dustin May gave up two. He put Tony Gosselin in. Tony gave up two. Now he's putting them back in. That shows how much confidence he had in Dustin May. He was spectacular yesterday. He didn't give up no run, all right? He's going to do the same. He's building confidence in these young pitchers who don't have the the, uh, necessary experience to be in a situation like this. So don't be surprised if Tony pitches really well tomorrow. Give me three innings out of him. That's all I need. Appreciate
0: it. Yeah, I, I, I think you're pretty close, CJ. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for the, uh, the kind words. Very nice of you. Um, the, the Dustin May piece that you mentioned, I think, is really interesting. I, I, I remember talking about after Game 5, or excuse me, Game 4, thinking, you know what? We've probably seen the end of three guys in this World Series. We've almost certainly seen the end of Pedro Baez we've almost certainly seen the end of Kenley Jansen at least in those sorts of situations those super high leverage situations and i was worried that you know what maybe dustin may just needs a little more time on the on the heat right he needs he needs to cook a little bit longer that this isn't quite for him yet i have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a fantastic pitcher for the dodgers his stuff is stupid but i did not think that you might see him in another high leverage situation cuz he had not pitched well he really and it wasn't just in game 4 he did not pitch particularly well in the NLCS. You know, Game 7, he was nervous. You know, I'll go a step further. He was scared. You could maybe even go a step further. Now he was terrified. He was he was wound up, and he was not himself. He was over – I'm not the world's biggest John Smoltz fan, but when Smoltz starts talking about pitching, you should listen because he knows what he's talking about. And he was talking – he's just – oh he wasn't finishing. He was just trying to throw everything through a brick wall, and he, he wasn't pitching. And he pitched last night. And, again, let's give Dave credit for this. Dave went back. To, it would have been really easy not to pitch Dustin May. To bring in Dustin May when he did, Kershaw, one pitch, one out, two pitch, two outs, bullpen gate swing, Dustin May? Oh, really? Okay. And he was great. Got out of it. Went out in the next inning, looked really good, looked really sharp, and now I think he's right back in that mix. I think that he's going to be an important part of what they do um, tomorrow night and potentially in Game 7 as well. Studio City is the next stop, and Dave. Dave, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up?
2: Hey, thanks for uh, taking the call here. Just a couple things I want to point out about our boy Jocktober. (laughs) He's like the Robert Ori of baseball with the exception of the championships. Just looking at some of his numbers, I was curious myself because he's so clutch. You know, in 16 World Series games over his career, he's hit five home runs. I mean, obviously, you multiply that out over 82 uh, 162 games or whatever. I mean, you're looking at like 50 home runs. This guy is clutch. Like you said, why would you give this guy a letter-high fastball? I mean, the guy is amazing. He comes through. He does it humbly. He doesn't, you know, from all I've seen and read, he doesn't complain about his playing time, his at-bats. He's the first guy out of the dugout when some guy makes a play. I mean, you have to love a guy like John yeah. Peterson, all
0: right? Yeah, no, he's he's been incredible. Thanks, Dave, appreciate it. Um, look, he's, uh, Greg just gave me this. Nine postseason home runs in his career, five of them in the World Series. That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah. That means you're coming up pretty big. He's obviously, like you just said, very comfortable in these moments. He's very comfortable in a variety of roles. You can bring him off the bench. You can start him. You can, you know, do a whole bunch of different things. Here's something that we haven't, I know I mentioned it earlier, but didn't spend a ton of time on it. He's made two really good defensive plays in left field really good he made the one for may last night running keep in mind he's a he's a left-handed guy right so his gloves on his right hand running into that left center field gap with the glove on your right hand that's a backhand on the that's a tough 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 catch he did it two nights in a row right i mean these are two really good catches this isn't he is not known for his glove work like he is known for his bat that's a big part of it um Here's just a random, let's just go in the wayback machine. This feels like it happened 10,000 years ago. It actually happened this season. The Dodgers tried to trade Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling to the Angels. They tried to trade those two guys to the Angels. You know who they tried to get him for? You know what that, what that deal was? You remember who the player coming back from the Angels was? Luis Rengifo. Luis Rengifo is like the Angels' fifth infielder. Sixth, maybe. The Angels said no to that. Huh? What? You, <laughs> you, you, you got a 40 home run bat in Jock Peterson. He played every day. He'd hit 40 home runs. He would. It's a fact. Ross Stripling, at worst, at worst, would have been their number two starter. At worst. And quite possibly might have been their ace. And the price was Luis Rengifo. Admit it. You're in your car right now. You don't know who that is. You've you've never heard of Luis Rengifo. And the Angels said no. The Angels said no to that deal. What? I mean, come on, man. Then you got Jock Peterson last night making two, uh, not one catch last night, one catch the night before, hitting another home run, hitting in the middle of the order of one of the best offensive teams you've ever seen in your life. Nah. What? And they missed the playoffs again. Go figure! I mean, I—that's one of those things. It feels like it happened ten thousand years ago, Greg.
1: That happened this season. I mean, I just want to say a very hearty thank you to Artie Moreno <laughs> for saying, "Nah, nah, nah, we don't want to do that." Wow, that was Moreno, Moreno said no. He was like, "Nah, nah, nah, we can't do this." I didn't want, I forget the, they didn't want—I forget the—they didn't want to wait. Like a thing had they to, had to—it had to be on ice for a week or two taking or whatever too it was long. Whew.
0: Like you said, thanks. Thanks, because Jock Peterson has been an incredibly valuable guy through all this. The uh, Dodgers, they are a win away. One win tomorrow night. Got Tony Gonsolin going for them. You've got more or less a full complement of bullpen pitchers as well going up against Blake Snell and the Tampa Bay Rays. We will get into all things Game 6. We'll talk about what happened last night, and we'll do it with Jerry Harrison Jr. That's coming up next on 710 ESPN.
1: We moved on. Once we
3: left the locker room, it was over. You got to regroup and you got to think about it today. It's never dwelling in the past. It's always about trying to win a game that night.
0: That's Corey Seager right there talking about bouncing back, winning Game Five last night. All of our guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, and that of course includes our next guest, Jerry Hairston Jr., a former Dodger. Of course, you see him on Spectrum Sportsnet LA. Jerry, good morning. How are you? Morning, how you doing? I am fantastic. Let's start right there. Take me through the mindset of a player after having a loss like they had in Game 4, where it feels like you had it, you were very, very close, and then not only do you lose, but you lose like that. How difficult is it to come back the next day and just pretend that it didn't happen and get ready to go again?
3: Well, it's not easy. You know, The players are so trained and programmed to you know battle each and every day that you have to let it go. And, you know, sometimes you leave the locker room 20 minutes after the game or an hour or three hours, whatever it takes you to be able to put that behind you. You stay in the clubhouse, uh, figure some things out, and then once you leave that clubhouse, it's really on to the next day. And I think Dodgers do that as well as anybody. You have to be able to do that to be successful, and the Dodgers really did that last night, put that uh, day-before game behind you. And what happened in the first inning was uh, definitely – Uh, uh, a situation where they did that. You know, Mookie Betts doubled. Corey Seager quickly hit a single and scored. And once you scored that first inning run, that really made uh, everybody realize, and the Rays realize, hey, this team definitely forgotten about the night before.
0: How much credit does Dave Roberts get for being able to flush that and start over the next day?
3: Oh, he's been outstanding. You know, it it really starts with him, the leadership in that clubhouse. And then it carries over to Justin Turner, Mookie Betts, uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, these guys understand this is not going to be easy. You know, the Rays are a really good team. They play well together. They fight. They scrap and claw. And, you know, they understood that, hey, well, you have to continue to play your game and, and and understand that it takes four wins to win this World Series. And you're know, heading into last night, the series was tied 2-2. And they knew if they played good baseball with Clayton Kershaw on the mound, they could win that game, and they did.
0: Jerry Hairston Jr. joining us here on 710 ESPN. With all the advanced metrics and advanced scouting, and everybody knows everybody's swing and where the holes are and where the holes aren't, Jerry, why do people keep throwing Jock Peterson high fastballs?
3: Well, I think, you know, velocity is a thing that they think they can have him chase up in the zone. You know, I think last night they wanted to make sure it was up, but not. You know, just around belt high. If he can get a chest high, they can get him to pop up or, or swing through it. But once they miss their pitch, you know, miss th- their spot, Jock Peterson's all over it. And he's had a terrific run in the postseason. That's why they call him Jocktober. You know, he loves the big stage. Uh, he loves the opportunity to show off, and he's done just that. And we desperately need Jock Peterson to continue to do that, hopefully, for one more game.
0: Jerry, what do you think we're gonna see at second base in game six? We can see Chris Taylor again, we're gonna see Kike Hernandez. What do you think we'll see and what would you like to see?
3: You know, I would have said Chris Taylor, uh, but he's had a lot of swing and miss, you know, the last few games. You know, there's a lot of strikeouts, and you you definitely don't want that in your lineup, especially with a guy like uh, Blake Snell on the mound. Mm-hmm. But I think they're gonna to have to. You know, I think they may play Chris Taylor and uh, play Kike Hernandez. So you know, hopefully these guys make an adjustment. We know Chris Taylor can get hot, and I believe he, he took uh, Snell deep uh, last game. So uh, you know I think Dave's going to look at that, and hopefully he's make some adjustments to be more aware of the contact with two strikes, but you know hopefully these guys figure it out because we know Blake Snell, when he's on his game, he's tough.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and Jerry Harrison is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Jerry, I watch a ton of baseball, uh, probably not as much as you, so maybe you've seen it more recently than I have. When was the last time you saw a straight steal of home attempt?
3: Actually, I was I was at the game. I was playing third base, playing <laughs> the Padres, and Kenley Jansen. It was at Dodger Stadium. Kenley Jansen was on the mound, and I just saw a Cabrera, the shortstop for the Padres at the time, just take off. And he tried to steal home, he did. You know, I think Kenley tried to get the ball to the plate unsuccessfully. Uh and it just it just happened. Uh but to do it in the World Series against Clayton Kershaw, that takes some guts, man. And honestly, I, I really believe they kinda of bailed us out a little bit. Yeah. Clayton did a great job get those first two hitters out once he got first and third. And then with two outs, for him to try to steal home and Clayton gunning him out, I really believe that uh changed the tide there in the favor of the Dodgers, and momentum definitely shifted our way. And you know, really great heads-up play by Clayton Kershaw and Max Muncie, who's at first base, and he has a job to do at first. His job is to to also look at the, th- the third base runner because Clayton can't see him because his back is turned. So Max Muncie was the one who told Clayton to step off the rubber, and Clayton fired a strike to Austin Barnes and and completed the play.
0: Jerry Harrison Jr. joining us here on 710 ESPN. Um, Blake Trinan looked pretty good in the ninth inning last night, gave a bleed-off hit, and then worked around that very, very effectively, three straight outs afterwards. Is he the ninth-inning guy moving forward?
3: I, I, I believe so. You know, you saw where he had 98 miles an hour with some cut and, and some sink. That last sinker he threw to end the game was just filthy. And anytime you have stuff like that, a veteran guy – Uh, who's done it before in, you know, in the big leagues. He has never closed a game in the playoffs until last night, but he's been a closer before in the past and he's confident he's got the stuff. And I think Dave runs him back out there one more time if he's in that similar situation. You know, that doesn't mean Kenley Jansen can't get it done with a day of rest, really, now with two days of rest because we have the off day, uh, today. Uh, but I think in a similar situation, I think he goes back to Blake Trine.
0: You know, you talk about the, the stuff in, in the, the last pitch of the game that was just absolutely filthy, but I, I am an unabashed in the bag homer for Dustin May. I just think the guy is amazing, and once he gets a little seasoning, you're on to something. But take me through it. As, as a hitter, you got a guy up there, six foot six, throws 100 miles an hour, and the ball sinks and dips and runs in on your hands if you're a right hand hitter. What the hell are you supposed to do with that guy?
3: Well, you're just hoping he makes a mistake. You know, if I'm facing Dustin May, I'm just sitting middle. And I'm, I'm hoping three pitches out of those three, one will be down in the middle. And I'm not going to miss it. You know, I'm going to try to put it in play hard. And that's what's been the thing that big league hitters have been able to do against Justin May is hunt middle. And when they get it, they put, put it in play hard. And he's made some mistakes. And I think he's realized and made some adjustments, adjustments heading into last night's game. So, you know what, I just can't throw the ball down the middle. i got to make sure I hit my spots. And when I hit my spots, I can get them to chase out of the zone. And that's what we saw last night. He was working the corners, and then he was running that 100 mile an hour sinker, which is ridiculous, <laughs> off the plate. And that's why he was getting weak contact, and that's why he was getting swing and miss. When he pitches instead of throws, mm-hmm. he is devastating. And I'm so glad and really so proud that he made that adjustment because he's a great kid, and he wants to do well and perform well. And, and Dave Roberts did an outstanding job bringing him in. I know a lot of fans wanted to see Clayton Kershaw you know, close out that inning, but if you really watch – and you have a manager's eye. You realize Rosario hit a bullet to Justin Turner, mm-hmm. and Lau got the head out. Even though he popped it up, he got the head out on that on that uh, fastball. Really good pass at it. And I think you know what Clayton Kershaw was done. He was running on fumes. Get him out there. Get him out of there, and let Dustin May face guys like Margot and Renfro, who know Clayton Kershaw because of their San Diego Padre days. They sure. faced Clayton a lot. So it was a brilliant move by Dave Roberts to get May in there and get a fresh arm
0: jerry harrison jr joining us here you know obviously mookie has been just better than advertised as good as we all thought he was he's been better than that since coming over uh this season do you get the sense that right now though that he's pressing a little because this is a guy that typically doesn't chase and it feels like he's chased a few pitches out of the strike zone in the last couple of games
3: yeah he you know outside of that first at bat last night really got us going great swing the double down the line i, I really believe his, his top end is not working you know, he's one of the best top-hand hitters I've ever seen. No more Garcia Par was one of the best top-hand hitters I've ever seen. What I mean by that, that barrel covers the baseball. It's in the zone uh, an awfully long time. You hit a lot of line drives that way. And, you know, then occasionally with the backspin, the balls go out of the ballpark. So I'm hoping he's more conscious. He sees that on film. Hey, i got to make sure I stay back. Use my top hand a little more and think line drives. I think he's trying to drive the ball, which is okay when you're feeling good. When you're feeling great, you're locked in, drive the baseball. But when you're not feeling good, be more conscious of your top hand and you get more line drives that way. I think he'll make that adjustment. But well, again, overall, his speed, his defense, oh. he has been amazing. And there's a reason why <laughs> the Dodgers did a wise move to sign him to that. Uh, 12-year contract
0: yeah i mean if this is how it's getting started i can't wait to see what the middle in the end looks like he's been amazing one more quickly before i let you go jerry we're talking with jerry harrison jr is there a scenario where walker bueller pitches in game six
3: absolutely not absolutely not uh you do not want to put yourself in and back yourself into the quarter uh you know if you're winning five to one and he comes out of the bullpen And he's not used to coming out of that bullpen and something happens. He he, he loses a little bit, then he tries to press, um, and then that blister comes back. You do not want to uh, expose or or give yourself that type of chance with Walker Billy. You want to make sure he has his routine down, he's on full rest, and if needed, he'll be there for Game 7. We should be able to cover. It's going to be a bullpen game anyway. We should be able to cover um, the game. Hopefully we swing the bats and get to Blake Snell, and it, all of our bullpen guys are rested. You, you never want to you never want to back yourself in a corner. You want to have that ace in the back pocket if you need it for Game 7.
0: I lied, Jerry. I thought of one more thing I wanted to ask you. Tony Gonsolin is going to get the ball. He's going to start. Would you have toyed around with the idea of maybe using Alex Wood in that spot?
3: I, I, I probably would have. Uh, I, I would have given Alex Wood a chance to start, but again, you know, Dave has all that information. I don't know how Alex Wood is feeling,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, again, I'm not there. Um, so I know Dave and Mark Pryor done an excellent job. They have all the information. I think, you know, maybe giving Tony Gosling one more start and, you know, you know, being a, a young player, I remember, you know, when you see your other teammates that are young too, they, they, they have success like Dustin Mace had success, Jorge Julio, um, excuse me, uh, Julio Urias. Mm-hmm. Julio, I played with him years ago. <laughs> I remember him. Uh, Julio uh, Urias uh, going out there and doing a great job. I think that should spark and give confidence to Tony and You know what? I can do that. You know, I'm hoping that will be the case. And I think he's been pressing a little bit. But now that you know he sees, he sees his younger teammates do, do their thing, and maybe he figures it's my, it's my turn. He doesn't have to be perfect. That's the thing. Don't walk anybody. You don't have to nibble. Trust your stuff. Work down the zone. Use your infield, and hopefully have
0: success. Jerry Harrison Jr., former Major Leaguer. He's a World Series champion, and, of course, you see him on Spectrum Sportsnet. Jerry, appreciate your time. Thank you.
3: Anytime, brother.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, Jerry and I are on the same page when it comes to Walker Buehler. Jerry and I are on exactly the same page when it comes to Walker Buehler. I don't know. uh, I mean, we said almost identical things about using him in Game 6, which is hell and no. Like if if all of a sudden you're in the twenty eighth inning and your choices are well Corey Seager can pitch or we can use Walker Bueller then maybe. But that's the one scenario where it maybe comes up. All right. There was one big thing that they did not ask Clayton Kershaw to do last night. I'll tell you what it is. That is coming up next. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com. Slash Straight Talk. Limitations and exclusions apply.
3: You know, you just prepare again. You know, like I said, it's all about that night. You know, you're just trying to go out and win a game. That's all. That's all it is. Nothing more, nothing less.
2: Tony's going to start game six and uh, just kind of think through, you know, our guys and and, uh, what they're going to do to us and a little bit take, take tomorrow and relax in the bubble.
0: Corey Seager and Dave Roberts talking about how they're going to spend today. This will be their last off day before they're off for several months before we get started in spring training again uh, in in the spring. we have an answer to the question about Walker Bueller. Is he going to pitch in Game Six? I'll tell you that after I ask you this: Is your vehicle due for service? If it is, head in your neighborhood. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Because for over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for people just like you. No dragging the kids into a dirty waiting room at Valvoline. You stay in your car, nice and safe, while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in tip-top shape. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up drive in and drive out all in less than 15 minutes visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game winning coupons off of your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change Dave Roberts just said a few minutes ago in his press conference that these three guys will not pitch in game six two of them I think you can probably guess pretty easily you're not going to see Clayton Kershaw tomorrow night Clayton Kershaw is unavailable of course, he pitched, started, pitched really – I don't even want to say he pitched really well. I feel like I'm not giving him enough credit if I say he pitched really well because he pitched okay, but he battled like crazy. I just I couldn't have enjoyed his performance more last night, and not because he was razor sharp, but he was just an absolute fighter last night. I love that. So he's not going to go – and no, you will not see Walker Bueller in Game 7. That's not according to Jerry Harrison, That's not according to Travis Rogers. That's according to the guy that gets to make the decision, Dave Roberts. Here's an interesting one, though. Julio Urias is not available for game six. That's really interesting because let, let's, let's play this out. And this is why I, I think you never say never. It, you could say never on Bueller. You could say never on Kershaw, I think, and you never, right? Let's say the Dodgers get a 5 to nothing lead, and it's the fifth inning. It's feeling pretty good. And all of a sudden, uh, Tony Gonsolin starts to wobble. And Alex Wood comes in, and he's bad. Okay. Then you go to Victor Gonzalez, and he now it's five to three. Okay, you get now it's five to three, and then you say, okay, we're going to start running these guys out there. And here comes Gratterall gets in a little trouble. Five to four. Here comes Trinan. Okay, we're going to we're going to end this thing right here. He gets in a little trouble. It's five to five. Who's pitching next? It's got to be Urias. It's got to be who who Kenley Jansen? Get the no. Okay, no. We're not doing that, okay. So who is it? the The, the, the way that Ordius gets in the game is if the Dodgers have to burn through a bunch of guys and none of them are firing. None of them are hitting. That you get to a – let's say Gonsolin gets bombed out early and Alex Wood can only give you an inning or two. And all of a sudden, Victor Gonzalez isn't great. And Gratterall's not great. And then you go to Floro and it's not working. And I mean, I get it. You can throw some punches along the way, but at some point, especially if you have the lead or
1: it's tied, you need to stop the bleeding. That's Julio. I think Julio – I, th- I don't think they're going to do it. I think he has the idea in his mind that he is going to be Julio in Game 7 after Walker Buehler. At the cost, though, Greg, of potentially losing the game? I, I understand where you're going with it, and if it comes down to it and you're in the ninth inning and it's 5-5, five, five, maybe, but I think, what, especially after he just threw, what was it, 80-some pitches uh-huh. in on Saturday, uh-huh. that you, this is a bullpen game for a reason in Game 6, and there are they're okay, I feel like they're okay with going to Game 7. You and I are not okay with going to Game 7. No. We want it over in Game 6. Absolutely. I think that if they have Walker Bueller followed by Julio Urias in Game 7, they're feeling pretty good about what Game 7 is going to look like.
0: I, I, I get it. I, and I'm, I think we're on the same page. It's just the randomness of a Game 7 that scares me. because, Of course. as good as Walker Bueller is... He's not invincible. Bleep happens. I mean, they're, in they're, the postseason,
1: he kind of has
0: been. <laughs> he has been, but Greg, you know it as well as anybody else. He could show up and not have it that night. It, it, it absolutely could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I certainly am not hoping it's going to happen, but it's not a 0% chance. It's probably a 2 or 3% chance, but sometimes, the, I mean, uh, Phillips got a hit. Phillips, Phillips has gotten, the, he was 3 for 29. He's a lifetime under 200 hitter. He came in and got a hit and won the game weird stuff happens especially in baseball let's go back to kershaw for a second espn if you want to slide one in here before the end i think the best thing that happened to clayton kershaw not just last night but in this series in particular with the exception of the one game he lost dave didn't ask him to do more than he was capable of doing he, he he basically said, go as long and as hard as you can until you have no more bullets left, and we're going to come and get you. If that's in the fourth inning, great. If it's in the sixth inning, great. We're going to do it. And and I liked what Jerry said there a minute ago. That ball that arose and ran a hit, it was an out. It was hit pretty hard. It was hit pretty hard. And if you're looking at those things and you're thinking, and what, he, what Dave did, and I, I still would have let him go. I'm not going to change my tune because it worked out. I would have let him go to the next guy. But I think the decision that Dave made was the right decision, and it's the decision that he hasn't always made in the past, and that is, you know what? I'm going to be early here, not late. I'd rather miss on the early side with him than late because you think about him historically. He's always gone an extra hitter or two with him, and I get it. He's Clayton Kershaw. He's a Hall of Famer. Go down with your best guy. Last night, they did not ask him to do more than he was capable of doing. They Five and two-thirds, that's good enough. Let's bring in May. May got the job
1: done. They win the game. What do you need to have see need happen to get Clayton Kershaw the ball again no. in this series?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Extra, innings. extra innings, extra innings, extra innings, game seven. That's yeah. the only way that you see him.
0: Yeah, because there are better options, and and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Let's let's assume that Walker Bueller pitches the game that we expect him to pitch. Let's and and let's not say lights out. Let's say it's good, not great. Let's say he pitches six innings and gives up two runs. Okay, that's that's pretty good. You get through six innings. You have to get through the next three innings with some combination of Gonzalez, Gratterall, and Trinan. That's not. A, that's not. A, those guys are all better options out of the bullpen tomorrow night. Game seven, whether it's game six or game seven, then Clayton Kershaw coming out of the pen. Clayton Kershaw's not a relief pitcher. He's been he he's gotten it. Then we what, it was against the Cubs a few years ago, where that ball got hit to the center field. Wind was howling, blowing in. Right, we know Wrigley Field when the wind's blowing out, any fly ball is gone. But when the wind's blowing in, the place basically plays like it's 500 feet to all directions. And I forget, I think it was Anthony Rizzo hit a ball to the center field warning track that missed a home run by about an inch into about a 700 mile an hour headwind. That's how hard the. And remember the deeper, oh, you guys remember that. I do. Let the relief pitchers be the relief pitchers. If you get into extra innings, if you get in a situation where you got to have a guy that may have to pitch a couple of innings along the way, like we, in Game 7 a few years ago against the Astros where he came in, I still think that was a mistake. I know that you, Darvish was bad that day. He was probably worse than bad. If you're going to have – what did Clay Kershaw pitch that game? Three or four innings? Something like that? Four, Greg? Four? Why not have him pitch the first four? If, he, if he's good enough to go, why not have him pitch? The, it's Clayton, Bleep, and Kershaw on the mound. Have him go out there because I got news for you. As good as the Astros were, and I, I get the cheating part. I, I'm not dismissing that. But I don't care if it's Correa and Bregman and Altuve and Springer and those guys. They see number 22 come out there to start the game. It's damn that guy. It's Clayton Kershaw. You're not filled with confidence, especially knowing that you're on the road and you don't have your damn trash can right? It's, it's, it's a totally different thing. I would love to never see Clayton Kershaw pitch again this season. That's a perfect scenario if you don't see him at all. Not because I think he's going to blow it, because I think that if he has to be in, something weird has happened. If, if things go according to plan, whether it's tomorrow night or whether it's Wednesday night in Game 7, you don't see Clayton Kershaw unless something weird has happened, namely a very long extra inning game. You're going to see Julio for sure in Game 7. I would not be surprised if Dave changes his mind and maybe you see Julio in Game 6 under the right circumstances. We're going to do a post-game show tomorrow night. We'll do this again the game after. We'll see you right here 710 ESPN.